It's early February. The two slightly bored white men find themselves off the drink with little to do after the first net session of the winter. The only natural way to reduce that boredom in 2022 is to start a podcast. So, quicker than an England batting collapse or a former Premier League footballer to an NFT, here we are with the head of the eight ball, a podcast about the guff people say about cricket. I'm Mick Tickner, a person who has achieved so little in his adult life that even his own mother calls on the number of tattoos he has when asked how he's getting on. And I'm joined by my big brother, David, a proper sports journalist and that who's even written books on cricket. So hopefully he knows what we're talking about. We recorded this episode expecting to call the podcast and the episode Behind the Eight Ball. But we have since found out that there is already a podcast called Behind the Eight Ball. So here is your first episode of Ahead of the Eight Ball on the subject of Behind the Eight Ball. Glad that's clear. Hello, David. All right. Yeah. You're ill. Yeah. COVID, isn't it? Yeah. Just having a sip of Coke there to add belches to your coughing as well. Yeah, I, I want there to be as many as many sounds as possible for you to have to uh, try and edit out of this to make it look slash sound like we have some clue what's what's happening and what we're doing. Yeah. We, we we have a little clue. What what are we doing here then? What are we doing here? Um, finally getting around to something we've talked about for about three years. Yeah. Um, you know, get get in on this whole. This whole podcast Lock. phenomenon, while, while strike while the iron's hot, while yeah. it's in the zeitgeist, <laughs> let's do a podcast because Lord knows the world needs a couple of white lads. Yeah, it is the whites, yeah. though, isn't it? The whites fucking love a podcast. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So we're going to talk about cricket, um, which is something we do a lot of the time, anyway. Yeah. Um, the difference being about this conversation about cricket is that we're arrogant enough to think that anyone else might be interested in it. Um, that, is, that is a thing, isn't it? That That's is. a worry, but well, we'll see. Well, if we do more of these, we'll get like other people on, interesting people, proper yeah. people with, with, with interesting and proper things to say instead of just us two. So they'll be better. This is the worst one. Easily. If you are listening, don't, don't switch it off. It'll, It'll be better. I prompt, please don't switch it off. It will be better than this. But we're going to talk about cricket, but specifically about the guff, as you rightly said, that people do say about cricket. Um, we we've long been of the view that cricket is the sport. Well, one, it's the best sport. Yeah, that's just obviously a fact. And two, it's the sport about which highest amount of guff is spoken because it's a sport that requires a lot of words to be said about it because it takes ages a very short hit and giggle not proper game of cricket still takes nearly four hours over four hours if it's an ipl game and that's quick you know that's the quickest shortest form of the game there's still acres of time for weird conversations to happen in commentary boxes a test match that's five days yeah hopefully soon before five's too many in it yeah. five is too many i still maintain this is this is one of my founding views of cricket is that people do talk about the you know, five-day test matches and they are brilliant but i still maintain that if you were starting a sport from scratch now and mm. said should it last how long should this last how long should we make this game last and there's two people there and one of them says 100 balls each, and one of them says five days. I know which one's getting punched in the face. Yeah. 
but that's a that's for another day. The point is, cricket takes a real long time. Loads of guff spouted about it, and we love that guff. Yeah, and also there's like long, long periods of like the game won't shift in a direction for a couple of hours. Yeah, and the it might be following the same pattern as a game that happened the week before. And then you have to try and come up with something new and interesting to say. And even even in the most exciting and dramatic match where exciting and dramatic things are happening, they happen in tiny little bursts. Yeah. You know, at, it, at its most fundamental level, cricket is a game where something happens for two seconds and then nothing happens for 30 seconds and then something happens for two seconds again. And you have to talk about those two seconds in those 30 seconds, which is fine if some something dramatic has happened but that's even in a 2020 game mm. there's still a lot of time where nothing is actually happening you don't even need to be in a strategic timeout or some other banter there is just time when nothing happens in a game yeah. of cricket and across a day it's a huge amount of time i love this recent trend that really highlights it of of, of showing like uh, the highlights of an innings you you can show a batsman scoring 100 and show every ball he faced, and you can do it in a two-minute Twitter video. Mm-hmm. A hundred that might have taken six hours, because you can just show every time they actually face a delivery. It's a split second, um, and so that is the the canvas, if you will, upon Ooh. which cricket guff is shat. <laughs> <laughs> to to mix one's own metaphors slightly yes. they're both about anal activity yeah um so there's a couple of things that, that we should say at the start of this we're talking about the stock phrases the cliches and the things that people will inevitably fall back on when faced with the task of filling an entire day with conversation about cricket and um, we've repeated ourselves about 10 times already in mm-hmm. about five minutes here um so one anyone listening to our own pitiful attempts at some kind of vague broadcasting here should know that this doesn't come from a place of criticism. It comes from a place of huge affection. I genuinely think cricket is remarkably well served with its broadcasters and commentators. Definitely. uh, To the extent that when you get bad ones, they really stand out, you know, when they don't hang around. Well, the, it's the, the, even if you, there's a bad commentator, it's, it's rare that they're on with another bad commentator. And even if they are, well, in the next stint, there'll be a good commentator coming along. You know, it's it, why when in this Ashes series, we were forced to endure the horrendous Fox Sports mm. Aussie bounce machine. That was bad, wasn't it? It really, really stands out because it's, you know, it was a bad commentator with a bad commentator with a bad commentator. And, and then it, there were three more bad ones next. And then if you were lucky, you got a little bit of Ishigua. And if you were really lucky, there might have been Brett Lee with her. They were all trying to banter as well, weren't they? So that there could be an adult conversation. <laughs> but that's unusual. And it was so bad that BT in the end had to do something about it. Yeah. Because cricket fans weren't, you know, it was just, this will not stand. So... That is the first and most important thing to say is that anything that sounds like it's taking the piss, which it is a bit, does come from a place of very great affection totally. for the, the 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 phrases that we're discussing 
and the people who use them for the most part. There's always, you know, there's Michael Vaughan or, or what have you who, you know, we genuinely despise. But for the most part, that's not what this is. The other obvious thing to say at this point is that our own fledgling and amateur investigations and studies into the world of sporting cliche are an enormous debt to the work of Mr. Adam Hurry. Football cliches on Twitter and his podcast on The Athletic. Um, zero chance that anyone listening to this isn't already aware of him and it. Um, and yeah, clearly we stand on the shoulders of giants to use a cliche of our own with our own absolute nonsense here. Makes it sound like I think this is better than that and it isn't, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's what we're going to do. So moving on to the name of the podcast and also our first subject zone behind the eight ball. Yes. Tell Uh, us about it. Yes. I think behind the eight ball, I genuinely think it is my favorite cricket cliche. I've also always wanted to uh, have a podcast about cricket that in fact sounds like it should be about pool. Mm. Um, So that was them together. Um, It's my favourite cricket cliche for two reasons, I think. One, because it's come from sort of nowhere to be a remarkably omnipotent cricketing cliche. It is used all the time. And as an extension of that, is used in really weird and interesting ways that are, to my mind, unique to cricket. Now, historically, it actually, it obviously comes from pool. Um, to be behind the eight ball, to be snookered behind the eight ball that you can't pot until you've potted all your other colours. The phrase itself predates eight ball pool, according to the internet, which is never wrong, which is mental in itself because you can't say it seems like Abel Pool is mm. clearly is what it's from, but it is from an earlier version of Pool that was popularised as a phrase to mean in an invidious position um, by the advent and popularity of Abel Pool. But to be behind the Abel then in its original form means clearly to be stuck behind the eight ball to be in a difficult position your your cue ball is stuck behind the the, the eight ball you can't get to any of the balls that you are allowed to hit it's lost that meaning specifically in cricket yeah it it's it's metaphorical meaning has been lost and it now means behind the eight ball but in a race, like you are in a race with the eight ball, you team A, usually England, it is more often than not England who are behind the eight ball. I think we can agree. Are racing against that eight ball and trying to get ahead of that eight ball. Graham Swan twice in the recent under 19 cricket world cup has referred to teams getting ahead of the eight ball. He's not the first person to do that. Owen Morgan has done it. World cup winning captain. Alistair Cook has done it. Ash is winning captain. The, this, this phrase, and 
And the thing is, I don't think I've ever heard behind the eight ball used in sort of anecdotal English about anything other than cricket. I've never heard it used in reference to any other sport and I've never heard it used in reference to any other activity. It's purely become in English, in in UK English, a cricketing phrase. It is now a cricketing phrase, which has developed its own set of rules that owe nothing to its original set of rules. Yeah, you can have you can have have Alistair Cook saying we got ahead of the eight ball early on. If you're and you just go, yeah, yeah, ahead of him. But if you refer that to a game of pool, that's gibberish. Yeah, you've then got Owen Morgan talking about England's white ball cricket being when when he took over as captain a long way behind the eight ball. You know what he means. Yeah. They were but actually once, being a long way behind it is good because you've once, got bigger angles. Once, once, once you've established the eight ball, not in fact as an inconvenient ball on the table of pool. That's actually the thing you want to be at. It, the point in time a you want to be at. target that you're trying to get ahead yeah. of. England were a long way behind the eight ball. But if you're a long way behind the eight ball, your next shot is easier, not harder. And that's and that's what I love about it. There's there's um, there's actually a degree of nonsense to it. it. It is on the face of it a harmless, if overused, yeah, metaphor that that does work. And you know, you say, "Oh, I'm snookered by this," yeah, or even stumped. Yes, but I also think because I feel like it's because I am exposed to it more because I concentrate more on. English cricket than I do in any other country. Plus, we're a bit shit. So it's easy to bring our relative position to the eight ball up when we're fucking it up. Mm. But I, yeah, it's. Well, I, I, I do think England have, they use uh, it on that last Ashes tour, set a new record for <laughs> most time spent behind the eight ball yes. in a single test series. I yeah. would have to check that, but. They, you know, even when they've made horrible bollocks of things in previous Ashes series, I don't think they've ever spent quite such a solid majority of the series behind the eight ball. England literally went behind the eight ball after the first ball of this series and pretty much never extricated themselves from that position for the remaining tests. So that's a little bit of a a background on what behind the eight ball is, how it's come to be like what it means, even though it's weird. Who, who used it first? I very, very happy for anyone to prove me wrong. Yeah. Not, not usually, usually I'm very angry about that. Um, the first person I can remember using it is both them, but I'm absolutely yeah, no correctly. You think as well saying, we're behind yeah. the eight ball. Here. It is. It is a perfectly. It is. A, it's a genuinely useful little metaphor behind the eight ball. It's just lost control of itself and lost the run of itself and become nonsense. Botham's the first person I can remember using it. Everyone uses it now, rightly and um, nonsensically. Um, and I, I reckon what fifteen years ago. I don't think anyone had heard it more than 15 years ago. I certainly haven't. 
And is it yeah. is it a, a an England only phrase as well? I've never heard it. I don't think I've heard anyone else using it apart from maybe people using it on English broadcasts who might not I be. Think, I, I think it's in as much as it, it's it was certainly in England phrase first but got to be careful here of our own biases whether we've just heard it whether it's a that England are behind the eight ball a lot and b we watch England a lot yeah I'm pretty sure it's mainly used on England games and thus about England or English teams and it's it's just it's you hear it once once you've attuned to it you hear it all the time you hear it in like there's not many games where someone won't it it's the other thing that makes it so common is that it's it's used on commentary and in interviews but it's also used by captains and players um it's it's a nice euphemistic way because one of the other unique things or, or maybe not unique but unusual certainly about cricket is that players give interviews at the end of a day's play when actually that match is still in progress, the result is still unknown. And it's a nice little euphemism in those situations because the player for the team, again, usually England, in a horrible position in the match, he doesn't want to come out and say, yeah, we're fucked. Mm. Um, (laughs) But behind the eight ball has a euphemistic quality to it that means you can both acknowledge and also minimise the fuckedness of the position yeah. in which you find yourself. Because you're, we go back to that, the team being the white ball and this target that they're trying to get to. If you're saying we're behind the eight ball, it gives the impression that you can get closer to the eight ball. Yeah. We've got an opportunity to make things better here, but in the sense of the term, it would actually be making it worse. Mm. So that's, a, that's, that's bullshit as well. Yeah. It's all bullshit. Um, done a little bit of uh, proper research. Oh, yeah. Don't get used to that, listener. Nope. nope. Just got a little bit excited on the first one. So uh, Joe Root is definitely, by some distance, the person who uses it most. So I haven't found... Look, we haven't found actual examples of Joe Root saying it 427 100,000 times but it's Google results with Joe Joe Root and behind the eight ball in it so 427,000 I think I said that wrong earlier which is just simple maths and stuff yeah 427,000 I think I said 100,000 that's a lot then Alistair Cook 121,000 and then Vaughan 23,400 Strauss 19,600 and then Morgan which is surprisingly low I think for Morgan mm. is uh, 3580 I guess part of this I think Joe Root definitely says it quite a lot yeah um and because he's captain of a team that is regularly behind the eight ball yeah it gets you know, I don't want to let him off the book because it's, it's it's you know his fault for being the captain of a shit team um <laughs> mainly his fault um whether he I don't think he uses it necessarily on a per behind the eight ball situation. You know, his uses of behind the eight ball 
per number of situations in which behind the eight ball could be used, probably quite similar to many of the others on that list. Um, yeah. It's just that there are more of those situations. Uh, I also think just recency, there's more hits for more recent things. Yeah, that's, that's true. Networks. Um, and there is also another one on that list, which I do think is interesting because of the amount that he writes and says about cricket is Nasser Hussain behind the eight ball only 2,660 times. Yeah, so that, one, that one is really interesting because yeah. one... There is another captain whose England teams were frequently behind the eight ball. But it was not a phrase then. No. Not used as often, not on the internet as much. Yeah. But what's telling there is that that's a man who's a beloved Sky Sports commentator who has commentated on hundreds of games in which England are behind the eight ball and done punditry and podcasts and all the rest of it on them. Yeah. And yet he doesn't fall back on it as often as others do. So that's to his credit. And we love Nasser Hussain. So well done. So you think, it, it, like, one thing for that is sim- simply the fact that Joe Root's England team find themselves in a position to use the phrase far more often than Alistair Cooks did? Um, I don't think it explains the extent of the difference fully. Um, I think there's a lot of recency to it. I think it's getting more and more prevalent. I think the next England captain will use it even more than Root did. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, then, you know, unless this becomes a very influential podcast. Well, I was just going to say that. We don't, know our, we don't know our reach yet, mate. We've... Yeah. And, it, you know, it might be that there's a behind the eight ball, not the beloved and popular cricket podcast by the Tickner boys. <laughs> No, behind the eight ball in the original meaning of trying to have a race with a ball. Yeah. Uh, where do you think it'll end? Do you think it'll get to a point where, you know, obviously, lols aside, there's no uh, influence from here. But if we've noticed it and it's being used hundreds of thousands of times, surely it's going to pe- other people are going to say, add this bollocks, it doesn't make any sense. Why are we saying that? And then it'll just fade out or do you think it's here to stay uh, i think it's it's in now it's established um and as it's a useful phrase for multiple reasons and multiple situations and has been given a whole new set of uses by linguistically inventive england captains yeah i aren't always credited with that you know owen morgan and alistair cook for all their great works would not be described as linguistically inventive. I don't. I would imagine I'm the first person ever to do so. Well um, not least because it's a wanky phrase that no one should ever use. Um, but they have both taken and run with behind the eight ball and made it do things it oughtn't be able to do. They've yeah. given elasticity to the phrase that it oughtn't have. And that's... I'm laughing at Orton. Yeah, well, I, I liked it. it. So I'm going to say it three times. Is it, I'm, going to I'm just going to do a Google search while doing things that shouldn't be done. I'm going to do a Google search for how many times you've said Orton. Meta. This is meta already, this podcast. We're already doing the things we're mocking. Yeah. Um, I uh, Yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere. No. Um, I would say... 
I don't see where else it can go beyond its current forms, but that might just be my own shameful lack of imagination. If Graham Swan can take us ahead of the eight ball and Owen Morgan can take us a long way behind the eight ball, who am I to say that there isn't some inventive England player of the future who could put us in some hitherto unimaginable location? A multiverse of eight balls. Put a Dyson sphere around the eight ball. Who knows? I don't, do you? No. Exactly. And maybe that's my point. So mm. that brings us nicely, I think, to a little concluding end to the first episode of Behind the Eight Ball. The, 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 the acknowledgement that we know nothing. Yeah. We, yeah, we don't know anything, but it sounded nice and we got off to a good little start. And I reckon in few months maybe even a year who knows how shit this will be we could come back to this with more data and more evidence yeah. with more learned guests yeah i thought you were going to say that we might do episode two <laughs> we might get round to episode two if you're lucky let's let's look let's look forward let's, to when that is let's be let's be sensible um obviously this is the first thing so if you are listening to this we'll set up uh, a twitter account and all that um Follow us if you don't already. Um, send us examples of send us examples or questions or things, yeah. anything all, really. All of that. We have a list. The list grows every day. We're always thinking of, of new things to chat about. So feel free to hoss over your your examples that you find amusing, or even better, ones that really really rile you. Because mm. quite often, when it comes from a point of anger. Yeah, it, it feels like it has a little bit more gravitas than just this is a bit silly. So send them over. Thanks for listening. We're going to do more. Hope you like it. If you like it, tell us. If you don't like it, don't tell us. Um, we're going to have guests on. Really good guests. Yeah. Um, some, some, most of them don't know it yet, but they are, they are <laughs> going to be on it. Yeah. Future episodes. Yeah. So look forward to those. Thanks again. This is the first one. It will get better uh, and all that. We're behind the eight ball at the moment. Um, we are. That's the thing. We are a little bit behind the eight ball, but hopefully we're going to get Dave. A long Dave. way, mate. A long way behind. Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to get Dave's going to be working on getting a new microphone. Yeah. Uh, that will bring us a little closer to the eight ball. Um, and then when we've got uh, our guests organised and and you know locked in for those important conversations, we're going to be we're going to be pretty much close, if not inside the eight ball, yeah. uh, in a few episodes time. That's the plan. The plan for the first 10 episodes is to get up to and including the eight ball. <laughs> but we're not changing the name of the podcast because I've already had the logo done. So that's fine. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. I will see you next time. Thanks, mate. Bye, Bye now. <laughs>